Canby New Life Foursquare Church welcomes you. We're located at 2350 Southeast Territorial Road, just off Highway 99E. We hope the following message will be a blessing to you. We apologize that you had to really look hard to find a seat this morning at church, so please accept our apologies. We have... uh, (laughs) 200 ladies gone, and so it's been great. It's, 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 what, what a great testimony. I mean, they've been, I think this has been going on over 20 years. This weekend is the weekend that they meet and, and, uh, and have a great time. This weekend, I will remember for quite some time because um, uh, our family has spent time with a, with a couple young ladies who have been in and, out, in and out of our house. They've been friends with my daughter. They've kind of grown up with her through uh, school uh, middle school, high school, and and we've we've just prayed for them. Uh, they don't they don't they didn't know the Lord, and so it's it just been great to to have that kind of relationship. Well, Annette took them to the women's retreat this weekend, and uh, and yesterday both of them received Christ as their Lord and Savior. Isn't that great? So that just keep uh, keep all that in mind. You know that's um, that's incredible. It really is, and uh, I'm in kind of a new season where I get to see those kinds of things happen, and, and uh, guys, I, I really, um, I really uh, feel for you. My season has changed. I no longer have to take care of three little kids during women's retreat. That was quite a challenge. Uh, my, my life is different now. Um, I eat Mexican food and watch football. That's what I do on the, you know, that's kind of my gig now, so... It's great. I did take out the grandkids yesterday to Red Robin, but boy, it's a whole different gig right now, and I, I think I like it. I think I like it. It's pretty cool. So we've been, uh, we, we had fun yesterday, though. Hey, another announcement. This is exciting. All this stuff's exciting for me. I, you have a couple people in here that I need to mention that are part of our pastoral staff, and the reason you need to know this is because last week we had our, what we call our district conference, and that's the, the state of Oregon uh, is one district in southwest Washington, and we met in Eugene to uh, kind of celebrate, to have a good time, and uh, we had an evening of ordination, and uh, that, that's really a huge thing. I mean, it's, it's great, and, and, and what happened is we ordained two of our own pastors, and so Chaplain Bill Roberts was ordained Foursquare pastor, so I like Bill. Bill's a great guy, so he was ordained. It was cool. It really was, and then uh, Pastor uh, Ryan Brown, who oversees our next gen, is, uh, he got uh, ordained as well, so... You know, I, I'm, I was proud of them. You couldn't. I was so proud of them. I, I, they didn't let you say much. Every name that was called, they told you to be quiet. It was so hard to do that. And uh, when they were all done, I just stood up. I was like an idiot. I just stood up and waved my hands and yelled and screamed. And I was so excited. I was excited. You know, you've been here. When you've been here a while, it does get. It gets more, it, there's a lot more fun as time goes on. Uh, remember baby dedications last weekend and. Uh, I, it didn't occur to me until after dedications were over, I went home and I thought, wait a minute, um, I dedicated that baby, but I dedicated that mom too, and then I dedicated that baby and I dedicated that father, and I went down the list, there were probably four or five parents that I dedicated, uh, I better quit talking because that, that really tells a lot about how long I've been here and how old I am, so... But it's a great thing to be part of something like that. Let's just continue to do that, okay? I want to tell you this. You, you have something to give. Uh, God has put you here because you have something to give. 
And I want to talk to you today about the keys to spiritual strength. And what does that really mean? If you want to, you can open your Bibles to Acts chapter 18. We're going to look there just for a minute. It's Acts chapter 18. And I want to look at that with you. And and the reason we're looking there is I want to take some time today and I want to talk to you about a great man. A man that uh, rarely gets mentioned. I mean, when we talk about the heroes of the faith, we usually don't bring his name up. But he, he really is a hero of the faith. And he's found in the New Testament, Acts chapter 18. And his name is Apollos. And, and while I'm impressed with his life and the things that he accomplished, I'm more impressed with the ingredients of his life that had given him such a strong testimony to the world. This guy had an amazing testimony. There were very few people and are very few people in the New Testament that would even come close to having the stature and status of the Apostle Paul. And Apollos is certainly one of those people. Uh, In fact, the church of Corinth was rebuked for its compassion and its comparisons of great teachers and leaders. And remember, the discussion was, who do you follow? And some said, well, I follow Paul. And others said, well, I follow Apollos. And some said, I follow Peter. And some said, I follow Jesus. I mean, there, there were four categories that people fell into in this church. And there are a lot of reasons why we can't go into it. But certainly, Apollos was named there. I mean, you know, if you get your name thrown in that group, you're doing pretty good. I mean, if you get your name thrown in with the Apostle Paul and Jesus and Peter, you, you've, you've achieved a few things. And certainly this is one of those guys that achieves such a thing. And so his life is really a life worth paying attention to. And I think especially for you and for me, considering the days that we have before us, uh, the days aren't going to get any easier. And especially when it comes to your spoken word, your testimony. And this is what I want to encourage today. All of you, if you know Jesus Christ, you have a God story. And I, and I think one of the great attempts of the enemy, one of his greatest ploys, is to keep you from telling your God story. And I'm saying today, I want to see all the barriers removed. I, I really want to see the doors open for you to tell your God story. Because God has done a wonderful thing in your life and you look at it and maybe you even despise it or you don't think that it's that great or that big or that much. Listen, it's a God story. Tell it. I mean, there are people that are waiting to hear you tell your story at work, at school. They're waiting to hear you tell your story in your neighborhood with your friends. Please, don't shut up. Uh, Don't keep it under a bushel. Don't keep it under a bowl. But let your light shine. And you can do that in a way that really honors the Lord. That you can tell your God story. Man, you guys have great stories. I've heard your stories. And and I want to say, man, keep telling the story. And I'm praying that next week, even after you leave this place, that you're going to be able to do that. And certainly, Apollos is one that gives us some indications and some clues about what it takes to have a story like that. And, and, and they really revolve, to me, they revolve around the keys of spiritual strength. And so what I want to do with you is I want to look at Acts chapter 18, and we're going to look at uh, verses 24 through uh, 28 together. And it reads like this. Listen to what it says here. Now a certain Jew named Apollos, born in Alexandria, an eloquent man, a mighty man in Scripture, came to Ephesus. And this man had been instructed in the way of the Lord. And being fervent in spirit, he spoke and he taught accurately the things of the Lord, though he knew only the baptism of John. 
So he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. When Aquila and Priscilla heard him, they took him aside and they explained to him the way of God more accurately. And when he desired to cross to Acacia, the brethren wrote, exhorting the disciples to receive him. And when he arrived, he greatly helped those who had believed through grace. For he vigorously refuted the Jews publicly, showing from Scripture that Jesus is the Christ. I mean, this guy, this guy is amazing. I want to tell you a little bit about him. Alexandria is a, a northern city in Egypt. And it was at this time the center of philosophy, the center of education. And if you had gone to Alexandria, you spent time there, you would come out uh, a very educated individual. And what we could probably say about Apollos today is he had the equivalent of a doctorate today. I mean, he was one of those kinds of guys. He was a sharp guy. And some believe he was so sharp, and imagine this, Martin Luther, the great reformer, uh, believed that it was Apollos who wrote the book of Hebrews. And you know, when we look at the book of Hebrews, we're not certain of who the author is, and that's very few books that we're uncertain of, but that, that's one of them, and others think it was Paul, and some think it was Luke, and then there's a lot of reasons why they think that, but certainly Apollos is in the mix here again. He's in the mix of being one of those guys that vigorously defended the gospel of Jesus Christ. He had a story, and he wanted people to hear the story. Now, here are four things, and I want to tell you these things, four things that will help you and me to strengthen our testimony in the world. And there are four simple things, keys to spiritual strength in our life. And you look at verse 24 again, and here's a man that was so effective he spoke the word with power, it says, and he reached the world incredibly. I mean, he reached the world in amazing ways. Why? How did he do that? Well, let me give you the first thing. First of all, it was because he took God's word seriously. And I, I can't tell you enough. I, I can't say that enough. I can't tell you how important that is. He took the word of God seriously. He took the word of God to be above everything else that was written because he saw it as the inspired word of God, faultless, without error. He saw this and he said, this is the book, this is the place that, that will change my life. And I'm going to put it in a place in my life, I'm going to prize it, I'm going to give it a priority in my life that nothing else has. Uh, not not the, the books of Plato and Socrates. and well, I'm going to give the Bible what it needs and deserves in my life. So he took the word of God seriously. And the reason I'm saying that is we need to take the word of God seriously today. We really do. I, I know you've heard this from me, but I've got to keep talking about it because there are goofy things going on today. And I want to tell you, it's not going to get any better. And, and, and when we don't look at this, and I'm going to use a word here that's very important, it's Christology. And, you know, you've heard me say another phrase. Can I tell you what Christology really means, broken down? Keep the main thing the main thing, and that's Jesus Christ. And when that gets askew or there's other things they add to what the Bible says, then, then we're going to start to float away and probably not even know it. And today I want to say, take the word seriously. You know, what the Bible says about the word of God, what it says about, I mean, about itself and, its, and, and Jesus. It's, it's, it's amazing. I want to suggest that in the days ahead, that you do a few things. Take, first of all, the Word of God more seriously. And, and here's how it can be done. I want to give you a few reasons why we should take God's Word more seriously. Number one, because the Word of God will give you courage. 
You just need to know that. The Bible says that the word of God is alive, that is sharper than any two-edged sword, and that it will give you the courage you need to face, not just today, but it will give you the courage you need to face tomorrow. And I want to say this, and you need to hear this. We need to know and understand and embrace the word of God today because you don't know what tomorrow holds. And if we're not taking seriously the word of God today, when tomorrow comes and carries with it, maybe some trouble, maybe some challenge, because we really don't know. We've already put in our hearts the word of God so we can stand, and after doing everything else to stand, we stand fast. Because the Lord says that the word of God will bring courage to our lives. And we need to know that and understand that. Uh, both of my sons, and you know this, were, were athletes. They played a lot of different things and uh, competed in a lot of different ways. My second child, Ryan, uh, wrestled for a lot of years. And, and he was one of those guys. He was just a gritty guy, a tough guy. One of those guys that could do that. I mean, not very many people can do that, but he was one of them. And, and, and he wrestled, and he wrestled for about a year and a half, two years, and, and never met, a, a, met someone equal to him. I mean, he just ripped through about two, and a half, two years, a year and a half, two years of wrestling. And then one day he ran into someone who was equal. He ran in to a, a match. I mean, someone who was, <laughs> who was about equal to him. And you could see it was bothering him because he had never faced anything like that before. And I could see, I watched, you know, like a father, you can see their countenance start to drop. His head started to drop. He was getting discouraged. It was a tough match. It was really tough. And before the third round really started, I pulled him aside and I said, I want you to do one thing for me. I want you to keep your head up. Don't, don't drop your head. Don't you dare drop your head. I said, I want you to look your opponent in the eye. You may be shaken on the inside. You may be scared to death. But I want you to keep your eyes on your opponent. And I have a scriptural base for that. And what it is is he is the glory and the lifter of my head. You see, you have no reason to drop your head. You have no reason to be downcast because the Bible says that he's a rock that will not be moved and that we can confess like David confessed, God, you are the glory and the lifter of my head. And I'm asking today that God lifts your head. If there's a reason you're downcast, if, there, if there's a reason you're troubled today, that he would lift your head. And by doing that, that's just that very act would break the chains of fear, would break the chains of things that are going on in your life. Can you do this? We haven't done it in any other service. I'm going to do it here today. I want you to just lift your head. Just lift your head up. Look up there. Look at the ceiling. And I want you to repeat after me. You are the glory and the lifter of my head. Say it again. You are the glory and the lifter of my head. Say it. You are the glory and the lifter of my head. Amen. You know, just that very act right there, I think, accomplished something spiritually. I think in a lot of us today, it, it did something in our hearts. What did it do? Probably brought a little courage, a little confidence, a little strength. You're the glory and the lifter of my head. God, you give me courage. That's why I take your word seriously. And then, because the word of God will give you wisdom. That's, that's another reason we take it seriously. You know, there, there's no other place that you can find wisdom like you find it in the word of God. And that's why it's important, and I've done this over the years, that's why it's important somewhere along the, the, the line of small groups and people I meet with, and we have small groups, and including my sons being part of a small group with me, we inevitably, somewhere along the line, we studied the book of Proverbs. And the reason we studied the book of Proverbs is because the book of Proverbs is packed full of wisdom. I mean, you read that, and you can, you can, take, it, you can take it to heart. 
to, to home with you. You can, you, know, you, can, you can go with it. You can say, wow, that's going to really help me today. And it's not something that you wait to use tomorrow. It's something you, you can use right away. And so understanding, uh, understanding the book of Proverbs brings wisdom. And the Bible says, if any lack wisdom, what do they need to do? If you lack wisdom, what do you need to do? Man, it's amazing. Just ask God. I mean, you don't have to jump through hoops. You don't have to know the secret password and all that kind of stuff. You don't have to have any code there. And that's what I want even, you know, if, you're, if you don't even know the Lord today, if you don't know the Lord, I, I really want you to know him. I do. I, I want you to know him for a lot of reasons, but this is one. You need wisdom. And you don't have to jump through a lot of uh, secret codes here. It says if you need wisdom, if you lack wisdom, ask God for that wisdom, and he won't hold it back. That's amazing to me. He won't hold it back. And so you need to be ready to, first of all, ask him. And that he'll give it to you. And here's something else. Because the word of God will give you strength. Not only courage, wisdom, and strength. And I want to tell you why strength is so important through the word of God. You can have courage. You can have wisdom. You need strength. You, you can have all of these things. And the reason you need strength is very simple. You need strength just to be obedient to the word of God. I mean, you can, we can say we have wisdom, we can say we have all these other things, but you have to act on that, and to act on that, you need supernatural strength in your life. You need the power of God's Holy Spirit, and that comes through the imparted word. It brings life to you. And so what happens, I not only get courage, I, I not only get wisdom, but I get strength to do what God asked me to do. You know, the world is full of, and I'm going to say this, the church is full of well-intended people. And we're not getting done, I think, all the things that God wants to have us get done because we're well-intended. We don't take it that next step. And that's actually steps of action. And to do that, you need God's strength. And that comes through His Word. And maybe God's asked you to do something. Maybe He's asked you to take a step out your front door, walk over to your neighbor and share your story. Or take out a, a step out of your front door and go over and help somebody do something in their yard, a project. You need strength to do all these things. And I'm so glad that I hear these stories from you of how God's doing things. You know what's the greatest, uh, probably the greatest joy and privilege for me? Is there so many people in this room that are engaged in the work of the ministry and it doesn't have the label New Life Foursquare Church on it? It doesn't have any labels on it. It's just you doing what you do. People have asked me, other pastors say, what's your advertising budget? I said, zero. We don't have one. Our advertisement is people change. That's the advertisement. The Bible says that Jesus in you is the hope of glory. You are a living epistle. God's written a word, a story on your life, on your heart, and, and he takes that seriously, and, and God gives you strength to carry out his word. And the last thing, because the word of God will give you faith. Now, let me explain that specifically. I want to be very specific about this. You need faith to believe that God can do what you can't do. Do you hear that? Because there's times, and you, you've experienced this, I've experienced it, where the Lord said, hey, I want you to step out and do this, and you say, I can't. You know, and there's a lot of reasons. I've used a lot of reasons. Well, I'm not, I'm not eloquent enough, or I don't have the gifting or tools or all that. And you know what, 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 you know what the Lord's response is when you say you can't? When he asks you to do something and you, you say you can't, you know what he says? You're right. You can't. You, you can't. There's no way you can do this. Except 
through the power of God's spirit. And this is what I know about the Lord. I mean, this is practically what I know about the Lord. He doesn't let me use those excuses. Doggone it. You know, I really want to sometimes. I really want to say, well, I've got this going or that going. I'm busy this time, that time. You know, all those kind of things. And the Lord says, no, 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 no. That's not going to cut it. All those excuses aren't going to work because you say you can't for these reasons. That's not going to work. And God will never let you get away with that. Because why? He, he's someone who has the strength. And faith is really believing in him and saying, Lord, I can't do it, but I know you can. Use me. And boy, when you do that, you're going to see some things happen. Second thing here. The second thing that we see in Apollos' life is his unselfish way of living. This is one of the most attractive things that I see about someone like Apollos. And let, let me suggest that we do away with selfishness. Can, can we put a band on that? <laughs> It's hard because it keeps creeping up, doesn't it? I mean, it creeps up in me. It creeps up in you. And how do you get rid of selfishness? I mean, there, there's some ways to do it. And I just want to tell you a couple of ways that I, I, I'm still trying to live this out. But one of the ways that you get rid of selfishness is realize that gifts are gifts. That, that what God blesses, with, blesses you with is a gift from God. He, he, it's, you don't own it. It's not yours. He's given it to you, and it's a gift to you. What's he's, what he's asking you to do is be a good steward of what he's given you. But you don't own that. Don't ever think, and when you start thinking you own it, when you, when you start thinking you're the one that actually made it happen, when you start becoming a legend in your own mind, that's when selfishness really creeps in. What you have to keep going back to is going back to the Lord and saying, Lord, you, you have given me th these gifts. Help me be a good steward of these gifts. The promotion you got, the, the, the bonus you got, this thing that you got, that thing you got. Listen, it isn't because you're so bright and brilliant and wonderful. It's really simply because of the blessing of the Lord, that he wants to give it to you, that he wants to bless you. And so you have to keep all of this in perspective. You have to be a good steward with what he's given to, to you, but remember, realize that gifts are for, uh, for your blessing and that you give those. And this is the second thing. Something else is realize that gifts are for giving away. They're not for holding on to. <laughs> Boy, if we can get that. And I'm not just talking about monetary things. Can I, I'm going to go one step further here. Gifts are for giving away, and certainly it has to do with tangible things. It has to do with resources. It has to do with things that you, you have, the blessings that God has given you. But I want to tell you another one that I think we're, we're more selfish with, that we hold back. Oftentimes, we hold this back more than anything else, and that is giving the gift of words, giving the gift of encouragement. Proverbs says that when it's in your power with your words to encourage, do it. And I'm telling you what, we're the most stingy people when it comes to that. And I don't know all the reasons why. Maybe it's because we're not confident. Maybe it's because we're insecure. Maybe it's because we don't want to see anybody's head get bigger than ours. But I'm going to tell you something. Giving a gift of, of, of words brings encouragement to other people. It's a gift you bless people with. And I'm not talking about just being general with those gifts and the way you put it. And I think it's good. It's wonderful to say to someone, man, you, you're really good. I really appreciate you. That's good. We need to say things like that. But I think we need to be specific as well. That when you give a gift of words, that you are very specific on how you give those words. You craft it well. 
To be able to say, you know what? I want you to know how much I appreciate you and here's some reasons why. I've watched you and you're very humble. I watch you and, and, and you're very unselfish. I want you to know that I, I notice those things in your life. Boy, I'll tell you, those are amazing gifts. Do you know what that does to you? Have you ever experienced that? When someone has done that to you or given you words like that, a gift? I mean, wrapped in just wonderful words. That I can give that away. That I have an opportunity to give that away. I want you to look for, for, for that to happen. I want you to be open for that to happen in your life in the next four, five, six hours. Maybe you need to go to someone here in this room. Maybe you need to go home and give that gift of words. Release that. I'm going to tell you, it's one of the biggest struggles you have. <laughs> it's one of the hardest things to do because you really have to humble yourself to give those kinds of gifts away. But I think that's a sign of being unselfish. Saying, I'm going to give that. I want, I want other people to be encouraged. Isn't that wonderful when you're able to do that? And then thirdly is this. The third thing that I, I want to suggest is in verses 25 and 26. I want to suggest that you develop a teachable spirit. That you would always be teachable. You know, some of the most attractive people in my life are people who are older and they're still wanting to learn. I, 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 I see a bunch of you in this room. I saw people in every service that I admire because uh, they're moving on in age, but, but, but they're teachable. They want to keep learning. That, that is amazing to me. And that's exactly what happens here with Apollos. Apollo, Apollos was taught by Aquila and Priscilla. I don't know much about Aquila and Priscilla. The Bible doesn't tell us much. But if you know a little bit about Apollos and what we've talked about, he's a guy with a PhD. And, they, and, and then they have couple, uh, these people come to him and say, can we talk to you? He says, sure, I'd love to hear what you have to say. I want to learn from you. Wow. I, I want to hear what you have to say. Uh, would you teach me? And it's amazing because we never see or hear Apollos rejecting or turning away the instruction of Aquila and Priscilla. To have a teachable spirit doesn't mean that you ob you're obligated to receive from everyone. I mean, you want to be open. You want to have ears that hear. But then the question is, is who should I listen to? Who should speak into my life? Who should I open the door to? Can I tell you just three things that I look at that, that, that I open the door to people? If, if, if they have these three qualities in my life and we're, we have a relationship, it's really simple. Let me tell you what they are. Number one, number one is these people seriously pray for you. People who seriously pray for me, you, you have my heart. And I've said this before and I'll say it again. Go ahead and talk about me, but pray about me about the same amount of time. Give prayer an equal opportunity, you know? I tell you, I, you can talk because you're probably right. If I'm not doing something right, I'll, I'll usually say, I'm not doing it right. I've got to get better at that. I'm sorry. But the best thing we can do is pray for people. I'm going to hit a, maybe a, a nerve here. Do you pray for your president more than you talk about him? Do you pray for your leaders more than you talk about them? Do you pray? Because listen, when you start praying and give prayer an equal opportunity instead of criticism, I tell you what's going to happen. The criticism will go away because it has no room. It has no oxygen when prayer is there. And when you pray, what happens is amazing. The prophetic invades your life. The gifts of God invade your life and you become someone like Jesus. You become someone like Apollos. 
And I, I, I look for people like that. I, I just cherish people who pray that way for me. Because I want to learn from them. And secondly is this. You, you, you want to do this. Those who know, those that know you seriously have cried with you as well. It's not only people who pray with me, but it's people who have cried with me. And I've cried with them. You know, we've gone through tragedy. We've gone through a hardship. And it's very, very difficult. And, and you know, in the, in the, I, I'm just going to tell you, in the job that I have, I, I'm all, you deal with death. We've had to deal with it this week a couple times and last week a couple times. and You just deal with it. And I, beyond, I don't know what to say most of the time. I don't know what to say. But one thing I do know is important is I want to show up. You, you know what I think is the most important thing? Is just showing up, not saying much, and just cry together. I don't know what else to do. You know, people are probably waiting for these pearls of wisdom or something, and it doesn't, it doesn't, it usually doesn't happen except that I want to put my arm around them, I want to hug them, I want to cry with them, and words usually don't come for a while. Though those are, those are, those are relationships that you can exchange, you can have relationship. There, there's teachability there. And then, you know, here's the third one. The third one is people that you can laugh with. <laughs> I'm just going to say it. It doesn't sound all that spiritual, or, you know, but it's true. I, I think there's something attractive, endearing about that, that you have people in your life that you can laugh with. These are people that you can learn from. If you can laugh with them, you can probably learn from them. I, I, I think this is so important. Um, let, me, let me tell you this. I was just new in pastoring and new, new at a church in Portland. I was at Portland Foursquare Church and I'd gotten there. Just I'd been there a few months and I woke up on a Sunday morning and I distinctly heard, and I rarely hear these things, but I distinctly heard the Lord just say to me, I want to give you a word today. I want you to be open. I want you to be teachable. I want to give you a word today. And I got excited a little more than normal. You know, I got excited because I was going to church and I thought, I'm going to hear a word today. And we just happened to have a guest speaker, I mean, an international famous kind of guy. And I thought, well, that's what it is. I mean, God's going to give me a word through that really famous guy because I'm so good. And so I went to church, and, and as pastors, you get to meet these famous people. And, and, and I introduced myself, and he introduced himself. And I just kind of waited there, like, you know, with a smile. It was those awkward moments, you know. And, and, and he says, you all right? And I said, yeah, I'm fine. He says, okay. Shook hands, and that was it. I didn't get a word. I thought I'd get a word. I didn't get a word. I thought, well, maybe it's not him. I know who it'll be. It's the pastor, because the pastor has the power. And, and I thought, well, I'll wait around. And, and so you know what I did? I kind of walked around him a little bit, you know, just thinking we'll bump into each other. He'll see me. And, oh, yeah, I got a word for you. And I did. I just kind of followed him like a little puppy dog, you know, and thinking, he's got a word. He's an important person. I'm an important person. And, and I'll have a word, and this will change my life. And, uh, you know, all these things will happen. Hung around that pastor for a while and I never got a word. And I'm thinking, I know I heard this morning that I was going to get, I know God was going to give me a word. And church was over and I was a little discouraged. I was kind of hanging out and almost everyone was gone. And I'm thinking, Lord, I know what you said, but I haven't gotten a word yet. The big man, the speaker, didn't give me a word. He should have. 
You know, the pastor, he didn't give me a word, and he should have, but I didn't get a word from these guys. And so I just started to walk out the door, slow as I could possibly walk. And, and I got to the door, and someone tapped me on the shoulder. And they said, I have a word for you. And I turned around, and I'll never forget this moment. He was mentally impaired. He was a street person. And when he gave me the word, he was, it was halted. It was hard to understand because he was deaf. And I'm going to tell you what, that was one of the best words of my life. You see, the Lord wants to speak to you, but he wants to choose the way it's done. And he wants to make sure that you're teachable, that you're open. And he'll find a lot of different ways to do that. God wants to speak to you today. Would you just have your ears open to hear what he has to say? Because he has some amazing things to say. And I'm going to finish with this. Finally, we learn from Apollos to hold on to our objectives. That there's goals that God has. And you see that in verses 27 and 28. Apollos was determined to pursue what God had for him. He wasn't wavering. He's like Paul where he said, I determined not to know anything else among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. You know, I have a few things that I have developed over the years and I'm still really working on them, but I want to tell you what they are. I mean, really to achieve the objectives that God has for you, number one, you need this. Remember, there is no substitute, absolutely none, for the presence of God. That if there's something that God is asking you to do, you cannot do it apart from his presence. You have to have his presence. He says, I will go with you. I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. And you need to hold on to his presence. You need to ask and continue to invite his presence in your life. And then here's another one. Remember to see people through the loving eyes of Jesus. And you're saying, well, yeah, I do that. I do that. No, I'm talking, about, I'm talking about you doing that all the time, every day. I'm not talking about just once in a while. I'm talking about every single day that you would be sensitive to be able to see people and gaze upon people the way Jesus did, the way he saw people. I even hesitate to, to tell this story because somehow it can bring something back to you, but, but I think that I'm going to take the chance. Uh, last week we were in Eugene and Nett and I went to a restaurant. We sat down to eat and we were sitting next to a, there was a pane glass window and I couldn't help. I kept looking out the window and, and I, kept, I, I kept looking at this man who was sitting across the street and he was sitting in an empty parking lot and I could not get him off my mind. And I, and I knew it was the Lord. And, and I thought, well, I, I, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do? And I, I just really didn't know altogether what to do. I just bought a few things for him. And, and I walked across the street and I looked him in the eyes and I said, can I sit down and talk with you? And he said, sure. I said, I just want to give you this. And he goes, oh, man, thank you. And I said, you know, you just need to know that the Lord loves you. And he started to cry. And I said, can I hug you? And he said, yeah. And we just sat there and hugged each other and looked each other in the eye. I kissed his face. Just sat there, held his hand. And he goes, you know, you don't know what this means to me. And I said, well, you need to know this. The Lord really, really, really loves you. And he said, thank you. I needed to hear that today. I don't know the rest of the story because it didn't take very long. We need to remember to see people through the eyes of Jesus. 
And then thirdly, or fourthly, remember that no matter what happens, God has a plan. Would you remember that? God has a plan. Say that. God has a plan. If you're going through some chaos right now, if you're going through some confusion, if you're going through some trial and tribulation and it looks weird to you, your compass is off and you don't know which way is up or down, would you know this? God has a plan. I just have to keep telling you that he has a plan and he wants to work it through. And there's nothing more satisfying than following the will of God in your life. And if you're here today and you want to do that, you need to know Jesus. If you don't know Jesus today, accept him today as your Lord and Savior. The Bible says all those who believe on the Lord will be saved. In a moment, I'm going to have you stand up and we're going to have prayer teams down here. And if you want to know the Lord Jesus Christ, come down and pray with somebody. If you want to pray with somebody just to pray with somebody, you do that. I want you to do this right now. I'm going to ask our worship team to come forward. I'm going to pray. Would you? Can we do that? Lord, I just thank you for our time together and for the blessing. Again, the wonderful blessing of your Holy Spirit and how you move in our lives. Lord, I just think, I'm just, I just feel like landing on this one, that we would be people who have teachable spirits, that we would be open to hearing and being instructed by the Word of God, and that you would guard our hearts, and that we would be able to take hold of the things that really matter, the things that really bring transformation to our lives. Lord, there are so many things about our relationship with you that we're not even sure of. We don't even know about because you work deeper than even our own consciousness. You work deeper than even our own spiritual awareness. You go down deep and you do things in our life that we will never even know until we get to eternity. Keep doing that. Keep working that way. In our life, in this church, in the communities that we're part of, keep doing your good work in us. We just thank you. Let us be teachable people. Because we, we, we really need to learn from you today. We thank you for your amazing blessing in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray and we say amen and amen. You can contact the church office Tuesday through Thursday from 9 to 5 and Fridays from 9 to 3 at 503-266-4444. Please visit us on the web anytime at canbefoursquare.com. Pastor Ron and others on New Life staff, along with occasional guest speakers, trust that the Holy Spirit will use the message to teach you, encourage you, and give you hope.